Blog Talk Radio. When I was five, hired out to watch a baby And they beat me when they cried I consider that too much of a price Even though I'm thick-skinned, some of the scars Stay with me for life I ain't never been the type to spin around to the other cheek Putting up a fight to me and my people's all are free Four brothers, four sisters, thick family I'm the fourth child, you following mathematically God's in my veins, I can feel it in my soul Three older sisters never seen again when they were sold When they came from my brother, my mom's made them a promise Whoever tried to take them, she split and open your noggin Mommy was a rider Spiritual advisor Security provider That's why I'm alive wire When they ain't take my brother I felt the power inside of me Influenced by the moment I'll never settle for slavery Heavy metal weight In my head as a teen Now with seizures Dr. Lepsy And strange dreams From the tribe of Asante Through grandma Modesty Being free Holding my own Just a part of me You thinking about coming after me Better bring your faculty 20 miles away Before you even know what's happening Cargo on my train And it's Something like traffic. I'm happy as the conductor. I ain't never lost a passenger. I'm plotting on my escaping. I'm married and feeling patient. I'm out with no debating. You silly for conversating. I'm breaking and while you waiting and I'll make it. I'll be sure to get the safest route to travel and be back for you with space. September 17th, 1849. Me and my brothers Henry and Ben said it's mine. So we left for Maryland. Headed towards Freedom Land. But they feet chillied up. So we turned around and went back to the owners. Believe me, I didn't wanna. Had I knew my brothers were Scared with in the bottom A little while later, man, I ran away again But this time straight dolo fan Backs to the wind In the middle of the night In the winter and the cold I was navigating on the Underground Railroad Nah, it ain't a literal train It's a form of resistance Just with the railroad theme So a station's a safe house Where the runaways go And the runaway slaves Are considered cargo The person who hit them Considered a station master And the stockholders The one who will put the cash up Me, I'm the conductor I transported the cargo routes that I took remain secret I took an oath boss of my train you get on There is no rebelling grown man said he turning back and I had to tell him Fam, why you had me bring the metal out? Cock it back, point it at your head and bring the devil out There's no going back, besides you going snitch And I'll kill you where you stand before you sing behind the whip Running from slave catchers, a bounty on my head Until my whole fam free, I don't really care Had a 10 year span with 19 or so trips I done free so many slaves they calling me Moses during the Civil War Because of my skills, I became the first woman to lead an armed assault I am Harriet Tubman, you need to fall back a conductor I never ran my train off the track You thinking about coming after me, better bring your faculty 20 miles away before you even know what's happening Cargo on my train and it's something like traffic I'm Harriet the conductor, I ain't never lost a passenger Good afternoon, everyone. That was Larry Locke Henderson with Harriet, the conductor, a little education through rap. Welcome, 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 everyone, to another episode of Our Own Voices Live. My name is Rodney Smith, 
I am in the air chair today, and we're going to talk a little bit about Black History Month, the Black Agenda, and reparations. That's right, Black History Month, the Black Agenda, and reparations. So if you've got a question or a comment, or you need to take time to think about one, go ahead and do that and write it down. You can give us a call at area code 347-826-9600, if you want to chime in and let us know what you think about this topic. I know that Black History Month is over, but it's a short month. And at the end of the month, I like to sort of recap the month. And this is our recap. Big shout out to all of our sisters out there, because this is actually the second day of March, and we're in to Women's History Month, Women's History Month. And I'm going to give you a couple of little Women History Month tidbits as we go along in the show today. So before we go any further, let me tell you a little bit more about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own, Vi- our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the cultural and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. And some of the ways we do it is with shows like Our Own Voices Live, as you're listening to now. We also started out, though, with Our Own Voices, the print, digital, and blog magazine, and hopefully we'll be able to bring that to you all again soon. We do the annual Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Candlelight Vigil. That's right, the annual Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Candlelight Vigil right here at the intersection of Martin Luther King and Cary, where North Las Vegas and Las Vegas meet. And we played his speeches for about 45 minutes this year, so you can hear the essence of the man. And, of course, we usually have other speakers and entertainers. This was our 11th year of doing it, so we're not new to it. We also do our weekly gathering, and it's located at normally the West Side Bistro, 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard. And that's where we get together and meet one another, share who we are, what we do, what we like, what our passion is, get to know one another. In the words of the late, great Sam Smith, once we get to know each other, then that's when we can work together because we'll know who we can work with and maybe who we cannot. And we have other things. We have a weekly reading club at the West Las Vegas Art Center. That's right, a weekly reading club at the West Las Vegas Art Center, and that's located at 9, I believe it's 947 West Lake Mead Boulevard, and you could, it's right next to the West Las Vegas Library. Uh, it's 5 to 7 every Wednesday. And what we like to talk about, is we, we like to read the book together and then discuss what we read. Currently, we're reading The Miseducation of the Negro, The Miseducation of the Negro, every Wednesday, 5 to 10, West Las Vegas Arts Center, 947 West Lake Mead. And we do more things, whether it's book drives, computer giveaways. We try to be in the community. We don't just want to talk about it. We want to be about it. Now, I encourage you, if you would like to be about it as well, and maybe you already are, feel free to let me know some of the things that you all are doing out there. Oh, and every third Saturday of the month, we're actually out at the Dr. King statue. We're from 10 to 11, 10 to 11, 
Usually it takes about 20 minutes, and we like to police up around the area, pick up the trash, the garbage that people may have left because we claim it, we own it, and we want it to be a proper representation of the man as well as his legacy. And there are more things. Go to Our Own Voices and Our Own Voices Live on Facebook as well as Twitter, and you can keep up with some of the things that we like to do in the community. So that's something about Our Own Voices Live, who we are, who I am. Once again, my name is Rodney Smith in the air chair today on Our Own Voices Live, and we're talking about Black History Month, the black agenda, and reparations. And if you guys want to talk, you can uh, press 1 on your keypad if you call it in by phone. And that lets me know that you want to chime in. Because I love to know three months is over. What difference did it make in your life? Do you know more about yourself? Do you feel any different about yourself, your people, the country, Africa? I mean, it's 28 days, sure. But every day is a day. So what day did 28 days make in your life to focus on blackness? people from the African diaspora. Now, I'll caveat and say that everybody in the world, one way or the other, is from that same area. And they've taken some changes since they left, but everybody's from there. Why did you get out of Black History Month? One of the questions we asked at the gathering is, should we have it? Do we need it? What benefit is it? What benefit is it? Did you learn anything more? And why is it so often that some of the things that we talk about in Black History Month, we only talk about in Black History Month because, you know, we're Black 365. Since it is history, why don't we learn this history in school? You know, those are questions that I have pondered. Those are interests that I have. So we, so we want to talk about Black History Month and what did it mean to you. But we also want to talk about the Black agenda because we always, or at least I always hear people talking about we need an agenda. Well, if we've been needing it for all of these years, why is it that we need one as if it is yet to be and don't have one as in right now? Why aren't we working on it? And if we had one, if you believe we should have one, what should be in it? What should should be included in the black agenda? So every Friday at the gathering, I asked those who were there if they believed that we should have a black agenda and why should be in it. The vast majority agreed that we needed one, that we should have one. But then that's where things started to separate because a lot of people, there were some people who agreed that we should all have something, it should have something to do with education. It should have something to do with criminal justice reform. It should have something to do with economic, finance, money, home ownership, things like that. But very seldom did they get in really into the specifics. So if I said come up with 10 items for the black agenda, and we actually did that on one of our Facebook, linked Facebook pages called What Do Black People Want? The Black Agenda. And we, we put up what I thought was in a sort of an amalgamation of the years that I've been asking this question. And I often say that it's not a stagnant document. It can be changed, and it probably should be changed. But I don't really get a lot of people adding to it, and mostly people speak in, in uh, generalities, and I want specifics. 
because everybody wants a good job. Everyone wants good education. But how do you get there from where we are? Because if we're still wanting it and don't have it, are we doing what's necessary to obtain it? Think about that. So we want to talk about black history. We want to talk about the black agenda. But we also want to talk about an issue that's kind of sticking its head up a little bit this election cycle, maybe because we have so many African-Americans and people of color running for president. But the question is of reparation. I usually don't talk about this outside of Black History Month because it is such a hot-button topic. I actually don't understand why, but it is, and that's the fact of it. So should there be reparation for the descendants of slaves in America? Should there be reparations for the descendants of slaves in America? And if you don't believe that it should, please share why you don't believe that it should be. If you believe that there should be reparations, then feel free to elaborate on why you feel that way and what reparations looks like to you. Because some people think of reparations only as as cash, but that's not true. And then there's the people who say, well, it'll break the American treasury. Well, it sure didn't break Ameri- the American treasury to pay reparations to others, nor did it break the American treasury to have people working for free. And people still benefit from that today. There are corporations that still benefit from slave labor today. Yes, there are American citizens who may have had absolutely nothing to do with slavery because they didn't live back then, but they are benefiting from it. So how do we reconcile that? I believe we should talk about these things, and I believe it shouldn't just be black people talking about it. But let's be respectful as we have these conversations. Once again, area code 347-826-9600. Press option one on your keypad because I want to hear from you. Good afternoon. You're on Our Own Voices Live. We're talking about Black History Month, the black agenda, and reparations. Do you have a comment or a question for the topic? Actually, I do. I was looking about the reparations. I see it's coming up a lot more lately. But then when we ask, well, who gets it? How is it distributed? That's the part that's always bothering me. Like when we have Elizabeth Warren, who claimed to be of Native American descent. Now we're going to have more people come in and say that they're of African American descent, the same people who don't want to be African American today. So how will we go about dictating where that reparations would go? I don't believe it always has to be about finances, just like the Native Americans get free education or whatever that they're receiving. I don't think it has to be finance, financial, but it can be beneficial to the black populace. So when we deal with people like Elizabeth Warren, and I'm not going to say she's a fake Indian, but we do have a lot of fake Caucasian Indians these days. How do we go about right. it from there? Okay, so the first thing is I, I want to read the uh, I want to read the definition of reparations just so that 
everybody is sort of starting off on the same page. And uh, it says, a repairing or keeping in repair, uh, because from the word reparations, obviously, is repair. Uh, the act of making amends, offering explanation, or giving satisfaction for a wrong or injury. Uh, something done or given as amends or satisfaction. It says it can be compensation, can be money, or material. So it can be done by a nation, it can be done by a group. That's the definition of reparations. So to your point, reparations doesn't just have to be money. But as far as how it should be distributed and whom should get it, and you mentioned Elizabeth Warren, I think Elizabeth Warren was wrong for claiming to be a Native American after she had facts that she was not. I think she has about, I think I actually have more Native American blood, according to my DNA test, than she does. But I don't claim it. But as far as black people, first and foremost, I think, and I'm going to ask you this question, do you agree or do you support the idea of reparations for starting off with the descendants of American slaves? I, that's a tricky question. And, and Roddy, you know I, I'm, I'm straightforward, but that right there, that's a tricky question because I believe we that it should go to descendants of slaves. Now, that's where it gets tricky. Like if we look at President Barack Obama, he wasn't a direct descendant of a slave here in America. His wife was, but he wasn't. So everyone's going to want to be in line to claim that they are, because we have no solid proof of, well, you were a slave from this plantation. This is where your people come from. You see what I'm saying? Okay, well, let's start with Michelle. Well, let's get rid of the ambiguities, and let's go directly. You said Michelle is a descendant of American slaves. Should she get reparations? Mm -hmm. Should yes. her children get rep- should her children get reparations? Yes, they are direct descendants. Okay, so I, I just want to see where we are, so at least we can kind of keep it moving. So, if we believe that people like Michelle Obama and her children, who are proven to be direct descendants of slaves, should get reparations, that's a huge step just to say that, because there are plenty of people who don't think that any folks. Any black folks should get reparations. I posted this on my Facebook page, and to some of the people who said that it shouldn't happen, and it was anti-American and a bunch of other things, right? I posted yeah. the, the different other groups that are in this country that America has paid reparations to, whether we're talking about Native Americans, whether we're talking about the Japanese, the Jewish. I, I posted uh, the Jews, and and guess what? We didn't even do nothing to the Jews, right? Not directly. Exactly. The, this was this was done by the German uh, government that did these horrible things to the Jewish people. 
But I said, so what I, I, I did that to show that precedence was set in America, that we're not asking for something different or new, that this is something that has been done. So I, I, once I posted that, I said, well, we have precedent that says this. So then they veered off of the topic, and then they went to other things, like, well, you know, maybe we should just look at this or whatever it was. But I, I, wanted, I could not understand why they didn't stay focused, because they said they weren't for it. Then when I gave them precedence for it, they still said they weren't for it, and then started talking about, well, you got welfare, and you got this. Well, you know what? Welfare, welfare is, is not specifically – well, it's not specific to that harm in the definition or that repair. It is not specific mm-hmm. to black people. As a matter of fact, there's more white people on welfare than there are black people. So how could that be reparations for what was done to black people? So I'm – you know, this is – see, I could be talking to myself, but I want to ask people like you – what what is reparations? So now that you agree that, okay, so now that you agree that people like Michelle Obama should get it, is it just money or is it other things? I feel it could be other things like, and that's a, a topic that's come up. We had it in my sociology class years back. They did a study where they took a black, a white, and, and I forgot the other nationality, and they gave them a million dollars. The black was broke. In under three months and had no titles, no deeds to his name. But the other two races did. Now when I say this term, and it's a term you know I hate, do we regulate the reparations on how and where it where it goes? A financial matter would be great. Yeah, you've given a given a financial distribution to the populace, but that money's gonna go right back. If we say give land, they're not gonna. Many won't pay the property tax, and I'm saying this for my point of view of where I where I reside. When my parents transcended, I'm the only one that still owns the home that I grew up in. Everyone else lost theirs. So I'm looking at it. Where can we place the reparations to help our people move forward? Is it education? Yes. But it's not just collegiate. It can be trade school or, or something of that nature. But monetarily, that's where we, we hit that brick wall again. Okay, so I was thinking about a, a person who gets in a car accident. And, mm-hmm. they, you know, maybe it's a, it's a commercial bus or it's a, a truck from a large trucking company. And the person's car is totaled, and the person is has some type of injury. Mm-hmm. And the person uh, files a claim because it was something that was done to them uh, totally beyond their control. And so according to the way our laws are set up in America, they are due a repair to fix yes. them. Now, play on words, but really what it's saying is they are due reparations. Now, when it comes to a person who is injured, they make sure that, okay, your car was totaled. 
here's money for the value of your car so you can get you another car. You, oh, you went to the hospital? Here's money for your hospital, you know, your, your medical bills, right? And then okay. they also oftentimes say, and you're going to need some type of rehab, and there's, there's money set aside for that. But because you were harmed outside of your control, we are going to pay you X amount of dollars. And then the lawyers get involved and they discuss, argue, <laughs> and eventually come up. They have a settlement, and money is rendered to the individual that was harmed. And both agree that a repair was done in a satisfactory manner, again, going back to the definition of reparation. And that's what happens okay. them heard in the definition of reparations it does it doesn't have to be just money when you think of what was done to the african slave there was a psychological mm-hmm. harm as well as a physical harm they were held in captivity for x amount of years depending on which family you're talking about all of that so they were also not given medical care Correct. They were also it was against the law for them to learn to read and to write so when we look at what can reparations be, I lean towards the repair should be in anything that created harm to those people. Money, yes. Land, yes. Because the interesting thing about the land is as others, as white settlers, literally were given land, given, did not have to pay a penny for it. Black people couldn't yeah. own anything, including themselves. And then here's that another area that's very important, is that as white people could build wealth in this country by passing whatever they owned down from generation to generation so that they could get ahead in life, first of all, black people owned nothing that they could pass down. And second of all, at that time, black people weren't even allowed to pass anything down if they did own it because it didn't belong to them. It belongs to something else. So over over the years, harm was done just in creating wealth here. And then when they were set free, it wasn't like they were caught up. They were given nothing and said, oh, by the way, now you need to work to make a living. And, oh, we're going to make some laws that if we find you loitering because you don't have a job, we're going to put you in jail and make you work for some of the same people that for free that you did before. So when I look at, I look at it from a broad view is that, yes, there needs to be a financial uh, settlement. Uh, There needs to be an apology on behalf of the nation of the United States of America because it was government that did it and it's government that make amends to it. I, can agree I look with that. at, well, you know, you didn't let us have medical care, so some illnesses that we now have that are genetic are attributed to lack of health care in the past. But we need to look and see what do we need to do for these people today for their health care costs. Do we just monetize it or something else? And that's something else I don't know. When it comes so to would education, you want, are you saying – would you say like a form of universal health care for African-Americans? 
free healthcare. I, I am not opposed to I am not opposed to it. But what I'm saying is the things that happen to us happen to us. And in order for there to be a repair to those things, something has to be granted to us. And it could be, and if, if anybody else want to chime in at 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600, because I hadn't thought about that. That could be, that could be something. But here's the thing. If other people get it, if, in other words, if the United States says we're giving everybody universal health care, then is that a repair if everyone is already getting it? I don't know the answer to that. I'm just throwing it out there. When it comes to education. I will feel if everyone is getting it, that's not a repair. That's already something you're, you have to give me anyway in the current era of, of life, you know. So if you're giving it to everyone else already, that's not a current repair. I will want something that no one else is getting at this moment if we're going okay. to get reparations. I am, I am not against any of that. Uh, should should school, should college, be free? Um, I, I don't know, but it that's that's an option. And and then here's the next question. And I see you call her. Just hang on. We'll come to you in a minute. Here's the next question. What is the duration for these these reparations in whatever form? That they take uh, That's something that I think It should be a part of the discussion And I do believe That there should be uh, A discussion Because we won't ever Get past it and this is something That divides us up as a nation This single act That happened more than 100 years ago Is something that still Keeps America from Living up to its creed of that part about indivisible, mm-hmm. it's simply, it's simply we we are divided and we have been divided since this country has been here over this one issue. So, hey, I'm open to any and everything that you said. Uh, the key is that you said that there should be just getting people to say that or to say that it is that it shouldn't be and come up with a cogent discussion on why it shouldn't be has been a difficult thing. So, hey, Joe, I, I appreciate you chiming in and sharing. Hey, heck, thanks for just listening to the show and, uh, you know, sharing your input in this discussion. Did you have something else you wanted to throw in? You know what? I'm going to listen to this show. I might hit one again. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know, we're going to be on for a little while longer. And uh, I appreciate you calling in. We're going to go on to – our next caller, and good afternoon. You are on Our Own Voices Live. The topic of our show today is Black History Month, the Black Agenda, and Reparations. Do you have a comment or question concerning the topic? Well, you know, you may mention about Michelle Obama. Obama himself said he was against reparations. John Kerry, Joe Biden. Uh, not Joe Biden. Yeah, maybe Joe Biden. Barack Obama, Mitt Romney, Hillary Clinton. They all said they was against that. And what you're seeing now with this talk is nothing more than grandstanding by candidates trying to get votes. 
Now, on the case, on black, you know, you're asking a question there that's convoluted. The question is, who would come, who would it come from? The United States government did not benefit, profit from slavery. Think about it. This government came into existence in 1779 with the U.S. Constitution. Anything happened before then was not the United States government of today. And also, slavery was legal. Then you got to ask, like the other gentleman, who would get it? Because blacks are mixed. If a person directly from Africa would get $100, what would a black today get when being that they are mixed with white? Would they get $10? And also you made mention about the U.S. has paid reparations. Only people that the U.S. have paid reparations to, or if you want to call it that, compensation was the Japanese because they were interned and they were able to show damages because the people were still living. They lost business and so on, so on, so on. The Native American is listed in Article 1 of the U.S. Constitution, Section 8, as a separate nation. They're a sovereign nation, but they're a separate nation. Now, these cases have already been to court. You had one in 2002 that was brought in a court in New York from nine plaintiffs, and they were filing separate cases in different states. It was combined along with a tenth, which was called a hurdle case. And you had lawyers, Deidre Pellman, they were suing corporations. And eventually it got thrown out of case because you couldn't show standing. You can't. I mean, suing people because you was mistreated bad is one thing, but but you but who are you going to sue? I mean, do you kind of understand what I'm saying? Okay, so let's, uh, before you go too far, because I might start to get to some of your points, uh, repar- the definition of reparations, and I don't know if you heard the beginning of the show. I heard your definition, uh, but Joe who did that apply to, sir? That doesn't apply to the federal government. The federal government, the United States government, the United States Constitution, which is a part of the United States government, sanctions slavery in the United States of America. The United States Okay, now, of can, we, America, can we stop on that one point? Sure. I mean, let's go point to point. United States okay. government did not sanction slavery. Slavery was something that went on through the world. It was legal. United so States, we're talking about right The United America. States Congress in, in 18... Well, hold on, hang on for hold a second. On. Hold on. No, you hold yeah. on. You hold on because I want to make sure we got some. First of all, we're going to be accurate. And in being accurate, the, I got the Constitution right in front of me. And in the Constitution, yeah. there is slavery. As a matter of fact, there have been many rulings about ownership from Dress. Where is it in the Constitution down. that so, it allows so slavery? The reality. So the reality is that in America, in America, and I know you, I know you know your history, so we're not going to go back and forth about stuff that's not germane to the conversation. There was slavery allowed in America by the United States government. The Fugitive Slave Act was passed by the United States government. 
So all what of year was it? What year? What year was it? All of these yeah, but what year was it passed? All of these. Do you do you refute? First of all, let's make sure we're talking. Do you refute yeah. that the United States government supported slavery in America? Do you refute? That? No, it did. Uh, no, the United States government did not support slavery. The United States government did not profit from slavery. Because if you go to court, you got to show Who damages. The Where's the damage? Who built the White Pardon House? Pardon me. Who built the White yeah, House? Yeah, but Who built the White how do you how, how do you House? know? People, built a contractor was contracted to build the White House. Were did slaves build the White House? Yes or no? But they, if they did, they was working for an employer. It wasn't no, working for let's Congress. Not go, let's not go with ambiguity. Did slaves you build the to. White House? Yes or no? Why you have, have to, to go with ambiguity about something? If something yeah, is but a here's fact, the but but what even the if fact? they did, if they did, how no, did the United States government? Wait a minute. Now. Let's 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 get away from the argument. Let's ask a question. How did the United States? Okay. See, this is the problem. We have to be factual if we want to continually to move on to other things and not stick to the point, it is very difficult to have these conversations. In the United States Constitution, it made a provision for slavery. That is a fact. And if you don't believe that fact, pull up a copy of the United States Constitution and read it for yourself. As a matter of why we have the 13th 14th and 15th Amendment was to get rid of slavery in the United States of America that was sanctioned by slaves, that was sanctioned by America, by the American government. Our founding fathers, George Washington, had slaves. As a matter of fact, he was the largest slave owner in this country. That was a president. The White House was built by slaves. Now, whether a contractor who was hired by the United States government used slave labor to build the White House is irrelevant because they, it was still slaves. That was the question that was asked. Did slaves build the White House? Slaves build the White House. Did the United States government pay for slaves to build the White House? Whether they paid a contractor or not, they paid someone who bought in free labor called slaves to do his bidding so that he could get that contract. Those are just simple facts. Let's stick with the facts. And then we can have conversations about this. So those are the facts. All right, let me give you a fact. The Fugitive Slave Act was in 1850. Slavery, the 13th Amendment came about in 1865. Let's talk about another fact. 83% of so – Let's go one at a time. Let's go one at a time, yeah. like you said. So explain the relevance. Of that, because I'm not following it. Well, the Fugitive Slave Act was a compromise 
between the North, the Southern slaveholding interests, and the Northern free soilers. That's what it was about. It was a compromise. It was the United about States, slaves, wasn't it? It, it? Yeah, slaves was in the country, but they weren't illegal. As the recent court case, when it was dismissed, pointed out. So anything that you try to get, what was anything would you agree? This is about harm. This is about it, harm. It, you can do but something you can't legal show the harm. and harm someone. But you can't show the harm. Another thing, what slave okay, hold on, hold gave on, you the authority? Hold on. Let's, hold on. Let's, let's, let's look at this. So what? I just want to make sure that I'm understanding your perspective. So you're saying that enslaving people is not harm? You can't show the doing? harm how it no, you can the court I'm said you, the, 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 you, the, the, no, the court no you. this is what the court said it ain't me saying this this is what the court no, said but recently you, but I'm asking you I'm asking you you are an individual you are I believe a citizen of the United States of America therefore you represent the government of America we're talking about reparations reparations is a repair of harm done I'm asking you do you believe that slavery harmed those who were enslaved? I can't tell you because I wasn't living then. That's, that's what the court said. Huh. I didn't say that. The court no, but, said but, but that. But I'm talking about you. But, but again, see, let's not... It didn't, no, it didn't harm you. me. All blacks weren't slaves in this country. Oh, I didn't say. I did not say if it harmed you. As a matter of fact, the question was descendants of slaves. So we're not... Let's stay focused. Did I ask you, because this is the topic today, and the topic today is reparation. You said that there was no harm. So I just wanted to make sure that I'm understanding you. Do and you I, believe and, and, or and not I go by, that harm was done? All right, but sir, you said that three times. Let's go on with this. Let's go on. Let me explain. No, 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 See, when I get rid I said no because you cannot hey, show okay. where it okay. harmed you. No, see that you're not see this is the problem. I said this no. Why do you want me to answer? I, yeah, I did I did not ask if it harmed me. I asked did it harm the people who were enslaved? That let's stay on topic because and it, it is irrelevant or not. That it was legal at the time When Hitler put people in those ovens It was legal In Germany To do it But it turned out to be wrong We go to war With countries Iraq, Vietnam And others Because they do things that are legal To that country But is wrong against humanity So when we have These discussions it, is, it always amazes me is that we will talk about everything else, but the issue, the question was not did it harm me. The question was did it harm the people who were enslaved? That is what reparations is for. It is for the repair of a harm that was done. All right, we got other callers, so let's, let's bring some of the other callers up. Good afternoon. You are on Our Own Voices Live, and we are talking about slavery and the Black History Month, the Black Agenda, and reparations. 
Did you have a question or comment for us, or were you just listening today? Okay. I'm going to guess that you're just listening. Anytime you want to chime in, press 1 on your keypad, because that's when I know that you want to uh, jump into the conversation. So just to reiterate to everyone what our topic is, our topic on Our Own Voices Live today is History Month, the Black Agenda, and Reparations. So far, we've had a couple of callers, and they both spoke on reparations from different perspectives, which is fine. The question still remains, though. I asked for Black History Month. What did you get out of Black History Month? Do you think that we should have it or not? Did you learn a little bit more in Black History Month? How did it make a difference? When it came to the Black agenda, I asked, should we have one? And if we should have one, what should compose the Black agenda? And then the actual third one, and we can go back and forth, that's fine. I said for reparations, should America provide reparations for the descendants of American slaves? Should America provide reparations for the descendants of American slaves? This is not a gift, not giving them anything, because reparations is for a debt owed. In other words, it is an obligation. So 347-826-9600, press option one to join the conversation and share with us what you think. Good afternoon, caller. You're on Our Own Voices Live. We're talking about Black History Month, the Black Agenda, and reparations. Did you want to comment or ask a question about either of those topics? Uh, comment. Sure. Hi. Uh, I'm just tuning in. I listened to the last caller uh, complaining. I, I began to tune in, and then um, uh, the Black Agenda. Yeah, we need it. We we need to know where we came from, uh, our history. I'm not black. Uh, I'm Latino, but even Latinos need that. But because it, because of Black History Month, so. In elementary school, I had a black woman as a teacher, and she left such a profound, uh, left a big impact in my life. And when I think about my grade school years, Miss Deborah Walker always pops out. And I learned so much from her class, and I'm grateful for that. With regard to reparations, uh, I do believe there should be some. I don't know what what that looks like. I'm grateful that we're able to finally discuss something like that. you know, the, the ethos out there is always talking about equality, but very rarely does fairness come into in, into that discussion. And I'd like to see some fairness across the board for our black brothers and sisters. Um, while they may not have been slaves back then, uh, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, um, we still live with institutional uh, limitations that were born out of out of uh, slavery, and um, I'm glad that there's a conversation going, and it's expounded, and it's starting to to uh, cause uh, other people to chime in. Um, I, I'm just I, I'm grateful for it, and I I definitely do believe there should be a black agenda. Uh, 
that is cohesive with everyone else's agenda. And I understand that some people may have some problems with that, and I'm okay with that, but there needs to be a, a wider and broader discussion, and I'm glad that in my lifetime I, I have felt that that, that has been, been the case, and, and I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for shows like this and, and other people who, who, who expound on these issues. Well, thank you so much for listening, first of all, and even more so for calling in and sharing your commentary. I, I just got one question for you before you go. Yeah. And that is, why do you think that people oppose it? And, and this is not, this is just an opinion here from your experience, right. your, your life's experience. Why do you think people oppose reparations? Well, I, I think there some people were born better off than others, you know, and I think that, that plays somewhat of a role in how individuals see things. Um, and, and they see things like that for a long time. And it isn't until the individual or the, the individual units of people are, are exposed or can come to understand without any, without questioning, just hearing another perspective and trying to understand um, may, has helped out. Um, and it's a little difficult sometimes for others who are unable to relate to understand. And um, hmm. and I, I, that's not just the case for, for blackest or, or, or uh, black folks. I think that's the same thing as with the indigenous community and, and, and other communities out there. But we're all one people, and and discussions need, need, need to keep uh, evolving. Um, no matter how difficult it is, and it, it takes some leadership and some some vision, and and people sometimes who who, who do speak about these things, um, they're they're visionaries before their time when it comes to the general population, and it's uncomfortable because again people are unable to relate. But if you if you listen, if you tune out that the the corporate uh, psychological um, business model around the globe, not just here in the U.S., and you and you tune into more of your own family history, um, things begin to change slowly. I think from there. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, I I appreciate you sharing that and. Um, I, it, it's always been something that, that sort of baffled me because when a person gets in a car accident and they want to get that harm satisfied, uh, we tend to support them. But when things ha- have happened to other people, whether it was the Japanese or German Americans or Native Americans, uh, you know, these are things that happen. The precedence has been set, but somehow when it gets to the harm that was done to black Americans and specifically the descendants of, of slaves, uh, somehow there's some type of, like you said, I guess a, a mental block that goes up and, 
it just makes me question where is that rooted in? Well, anyway, thank you so much for your call. I hope, uh, thank you for listening. I hope that you will continue to listen. Once again, if you want to chime in, press one, and I'll bring you back into the call. Thanks again. Thank you. Keep on keeping on. Thank you, brother. All right. Looks like we have another caller out there. So again, you're listening to our own voices live. I'm Rodney Smith in the air chair. Uh, the the topic today was, uh, you know, we had Black History Month. What, what what does it mean? How how have we? How did it change us? Or how did it impact us? What effect did it have? Uh, do you think that we should have it or not? And then we talked about the Black Agenda, which is sort of a spinoff of the first question: Should we have one? And if so, what should it be comprised of? And then the third portion of our show was reparation, uh, which, again, could be part of this black, uh, black agenda and something that you would think would be discussed in Black History Month. Uh, should we have reparations for the descendants of American slaves? And see, when I said the descendant of American slaves, there were other people of African heritage that were in America and it is true, all black people in America were not slaves. But I asked this question specifically about slaves. Now, we can also later on uh, move it to other things. For example, even the people who were free uh, could not vote, uh, could not pass down property as other Americans as all other Americans could. Uh, they weren't even considered Americans. How did that harm them, and should there be some recompense for it? But And we could go into Jim Crow, which was a part of my lifetime. Uh, I wasn't even born a full American citizen because the right to vote was not afforded to my people at that time, even though they were citizens and they paid taxes. So, you know, we want to take all of that and, and just sort of throw it into the mix and stir it up and see what we get. Some people, uh, one of our previous callers says, well, it wasn't against the law to have slaves. Okay. That, he's, he's absolutely right. It was not against the law to have slaves. These slaves were people who were deemed to be property. And in, in our Declaration of Independence, it talks about these inalienable rights handed down from something greater than a human. In other words, we did not have the power or authority to determine whether a person was a person, whether a person has rights, because those rights are inherent simply because you are. And sometimes I think that that gets missed. And because of the way that our laws and, and the country is set up, is if there was a wrong done, then the idea is to right that wrong. That's why we have amendments to the Constitution. It was a good document, but it was not a perfect document. It is a better document, but it is still not a perfect document. And there may be other amendments down the line to right wrong. And reparations is to right wrong or a harm that was done. Uh, good afternoon, caller. You're on Our Own Voices Live. Our topic today is Black History Month, the Black Agenda, and reparations. Did you have a question or comment for us? Hello. Go ahead, caller. Okay, the, hi, Ronnie. This is Gabriela. I'm on Facebook. I never heard your voice. 
Uh, yes, we are friends on Facebook. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. I was just listening to you guys, and I hope you don't have a like a hard time understanding what I say. I have an accent. Uh, I I will never get rid of it. So uh, I, the first thing that impressed me positively is that the level of civility that you are talking about there, I think, is essential because it's. Um, we are living in very divisive times, and race is unfortunately again, or or, or for the good, you don't know, uh, on the table, very in a very like kind of um, visible position, which which has its cons and pros. And the, but the fact that you treat the, the, this topic with so much civility, it it, uh, it gives me a lot hope that it can end up in something pragmatical, something that it could like turn into a reality. Um, so I I I kind of got hooked with a comment that you made the the question that you made to the previous um, uh, person from the audience about why do you think that people is were lack to talk about this, and I think there is a lot of fear when it comes to dollar checks, dollar taxes, dollars. That people saying, "Oh well, this like somehow is going to end up like I'm gonna pay for those. Uh, they would increase my taxes. I'm gonna end up paying for those reparations." And that that creates more divisiveness. That is precisely what I think we should try not to. Uh, so, so there are two things in, in my my intake of this that are a little contra, contra, contradictory. First, I think there is a moral for reparations. Uh, that the moral case, as Rodney put it, like you can if you look at other developed countries like Germany. Uh, Germany, uh, the Holocaust. They they they, they recognize the, the right of the of the descendants in many cases because most lot of those people were there too. And um, uh, as a nation, they they show you don't you don't really like repair the damage that you did to the people who passed away. But like as a nation, you you. You declare with, with 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 concrete things what do you stand for, for and and you recognize that what your nation did was wrong. So I think the moral case for the reparations is really out of question. And 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 it's, it's, it's okay, Gabriella, say Gabriella. Yes. I'm, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you. Say yes. that last thing again. I didn't quite understand. You said the moral case for reparations was what? It's a little bit out of question, I would say, out of question. Now, uh, there is something a little self-deceiving from many people from the black community that starts to ask, okay, how are you going to do it? Who is going to be entitled to this? How are you going to prove it? So, and and that's fine, because ultimately, at times, you will need to face these questions. But... It like starts with this, like the lot of lawmakers who can make, could make like terrific pieces of legislation 
hospital, our child, so on and so forth. Let us, let us, those lawmakers to take care of that. To have to partner with, with some good lawmakers. But, like, I would put that, that, that conversation for a little bit later. Like, yesterday in a comment, I like your comment. I thought you were on saying, okay, let's leave that discussion for later. And civilized, civilized way, keep talking about is there a moral reparation? I think there is. And then the last thing I want to say is, um, if, so I will leave that part of the system about who is going to be benefited from it, who are they going to prove mm -hmm. that they are descendants of the slaves. Anyway, one thing I will put or bring together in the in the initial the preliminary discussion is how how eventually the people the number x number of people who are going to get this is coming from the same where the money is going to come okay. from because if you say that where the money is not going to come from from your raising your your taxes it's going to come from from this such and this and it is something that is doable, like something, you know, that is possible, and it's not harming, like, the, 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 the people, the blue-collar interest, you are going to swipe up a lot of potential, like, any or the food, because they're concerned that they are going to end the interest. Is that okay. well, you know, point clear, what I, I think? Uh, actually, that's a, now, that question of who First of all, who gets it, uh, assuming that anyone gets it? And then second of all, how do they get it? Uh, is it a monetary? Is it uh, in other things? Is it a combination? And then who is going to pay and where that money is going to come from? Those are legitimate questions, and those are we have to talk about it. And that's kind of that's part of why I'm having this topic today is because there's questions out there that should be answered. I'd like to stick, though, just to the first concept, is should reparations. In other words, does the United States of America owe reparations to the descendants of slaves? And then all of those other things should be a part of the discussion after the determination is made yes or no. Because if the determination is made no, then there's no need for the other discussion. If the determination is, determination is made that, yes, reparations is owed, then we can move on to all of those other questions that you and uh, I believe it was our second caller uh, had posed. So, Gabriella, right. it is so the I first time I've heard your voice. Yes. And... Uh, so uh, go ahead and make your make your closing statements, and then I'm going to go on to the next caller. Of course, of course. Well, uh, I think that when they sign the Constitution and they say okay, that all men are created equal, and is that correct? I, I'm right because I, I, I might be wrong, at that, but I think that that's what the Constitution says. It's like it's a, a like it's there is a with everything that has been done before, 
so you it's like an assumption as the record uh, um, acknowledge that they have been done before it goes against what to towards it goes it goes against the new uh moral contract the new social contract that they are doing with the society that mm-hmm. do that wipe out the, the things that have been made before no so I th- I think the the, the the case for the for the World Party when you want to start a new group as a new with new values, you still have to pay for whatever is done before, right? And that's what reparations is for. So I believe that yes, the question to to the should the country to this country I love, but at, you know sometimes they are things they just don't. I think they could they could be more perfect democracy and public and and this is part of it and and I don't know how are they gonna do it if they're ever gonna do it probably chance that it's not gonna happen. There are also some other ways you should consider it, it not be reparation for Black Americans. There are some other ways to like like um. Uh, when they let you in school, school uh, uh, there are tons of things that can be done, right? That's up to, you know, the, the community, the black community, uh, and to the lawmakers to put everything together. But I think that there is totally for for more yeah. and for us or like, yeah, a recognition of that something that was made before the, the Constitution and even way later, like, it's, it's, it's contradictory. And, you know, and if you want to have a, a country that is, like, a, a, a try about what the, what the values that support, well, they also have to recognize when the, those values have been betrayed. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, Gabriella. I got another caller. I want to I wanna throw some points okay. in before I show in. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for calling. And you can also send me uh, messages, whether on the Facebook page or a direct message, because I'll probably bring this topic up uh, throughout the year. But I did as we as we uh, are about to celebrate or are celebrating Women's History Month. I just wanted to close out Black History Month the way I always do on this particular subject. So thank you so much for listening and calling in. I'm running out of three things from six. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right, so that was Gabriella. And, you know, the, the interesting thing that people sometimes, I don't know if they don't know, but there are companies that are benefiting from slavery today and who have acknowledged it. Uh, Lehman Brothers, uh, or at least Lehman Brothers did, uh, Aetna, it's an insurance company, sold policies, and they profited from the slave trade. And that company is still in business today, and a part of the reason why it's in business today is because of the money that was made off of what it did. Uh, J.P. Morgan Chase admitted their company had links to slavery. As a matter of fact, they... People use slaves 
as collateral to get loans, to expand their businesses, to improve uh, their farms. Uh, Various banks in Louisiana participated in this. New York Life, and and I see you calls, I'm going to get to you, but I just want to make sure that people understand that the effects and the impact of slavery, both pro and con, depending on your perspective, still happening today. So there are people who are benefiting and companies, corporations, that are benefiting from slavery today. The United States government is still benefiting from slavery today. Uh, If you look at certain colleges and universities in the South that use slave labor, a couple of them have even stated that had it not been for slaves, that they would have gone out of business. So their business was propped up literally on the backs of slaves, and those colleges and universities are still here today. New York Life, another insurance company, has acknowledged that they participated in the slave trade. This was in New York. Uh, They did this all the way back 1847 when they sold policies. And we're talking about a lot of policies. And you can look at the dollar figure, $375 to $600 back then. Heck, even in 1906, they were still benefiting, and they acknowledged that you can go to the you can go to these companies' websites and read some of their apologies for slavery that they profited, that they benefited on slavery. The very first bank that I think I put my first paycheck in was uh, Wachovia Bank in North Carolina. They, too, apologized for the role that they played in slavery uh, because they bought slaves. Their former owners bought slaves with monies received from their business enterprise. Uh, Believe it or not, the Rothschilds have apologized for slavery. They have, or at least they have acknowledged that they had a link in, in slavery. Uh, They talk about the personal gain that they made because of their businesses associated with slavery. And I can keep going on. And and the Rothschilds are still in business today. They are one of the wealthiest families in the world today. If you you can even go to Norfolk Southern, uh, bought slaves and bought into the business of slavery. And I'm giving you these names because I want you to go look it up because they've made profits on that. They've made interest on those things, and and they still benefit from it today because many of their businesses wouldn't be here today. Uh, You could go – there's other banks. There's other railroads, uh, CSX, for example, uh, and – and the list goes on. So, and you go go look this up and read it for yourself. You don't don't take it from me. I mean, I try to be as accurate as I can. I try to be as factual as I can be.
but I am fallible. Slavery and the impacts of slavery are still going on today in America. Companies are still profiting from it. And so for people to say that it's, first of all, even for them to say that it's just something that happened back then and we should forget about it seems odd to me. But then for them to say that it did happen back then and it has no bearing on today is simply not factual. I just read to you some of the companies, and there are many more that have benefited from it. I also want to read you something else because I talked about precedents earlier because a lot of people say, well, why should we do it? And, you know, of course, the, the way our legal system is that it often operates off of precedent. And there is a history of reparations paid in America, uh, and not just in one instance, in multiple uh, instances. And there are uh, a history of reparations paid in the world uh, because of things they've done. So it's not something unique to America. The Germans in 1952 paid reparations, part of the Jewish settlement. In 1971, the United States of America paid over a billion dollars and millions of acres to Alaskan natives as part of the settlement for the harm that was done to them. Uh, the, I mean, I could just keep going on and on, 1980, 1985. Uh, in 1985, the United States of America paid $105 million to the Sioux of South, uh, South Dakota. Uh, they paid $12.3 billion in 1985 to the Seminoles. Uh, we even paid $1.6 billion or $20,000 each to Japanese Americans and their descendants, their descendants. And I think that's important that when people say, well, but I didn't do nothing to you and nothing was done to you today. It is not what was done to me today, and it is not about what you specifically have done, even though that can be a part of it. It is the fact that it was done, and it was done under the auspices of the United States. But I read to you how companies also benefit from, benefited from it. What I'm saying is, Let's have the discussion. First, we have to determine whether there should be. For those who say that there shouldn't be and they state their case or why it shouldn't be, there's really no further discussion because that's where they are. For those who say that there should be, but they're not sure of how and who, then okay, the first step is saying that there should be. Then you can discuss who and how and where and all of those other things because they, they are germane to the topic. I think that this, these are important topics and that these should be discussed and it should be discussed from a factual point of view for sure. But our country, for the sake of our country, it is not united now. And I don't know how it can ever be united as long as a debt is owed. Think about yourself when someone owes you money. Family, friend, whomever it is, they owe you a favor. I always thought that's odd because I thought favors were something that was given freely, but that's how we talk about it today. 
you expect a return on that. And if that return is not given, then there is an issue between you and the person who owes you whatever it is, whether it's money or some a good or service. Animus develops. Divide is created. Unity oftentimes is lost. Now, if you just say, you know what, I'm going to forgive that person the debt that is owed, and we're going to start fresh, then that's what happens. But the person who is harmed, the groups that are harmed, are the ones who make that decision of forgiveness of the debt, not the debtor. Because if that was the case, I'd go borrow a couple of million dollars, if I could right now, from the nearest bank that would be willing to give it to me, and I might be inclined to say, you know what, I'm going to forgive my debt to you. In other words, I'm not paying you your $2 million back. That is not how things work. That is not how civil society works. That is not even how the legal system works. And back to the Constitution, remember the reason why we have those amendments. Those amendments are there because there was something that was not right, and it had to be made right. And it talks about a perfect union. It's something that is aspirational that we strive for. And if that means there has to be changes or amends made, then we change and we amend, and then we move on. It will be, I believe, it will be very difficult for us to move forward as long as this issue, and there's others, but for sure, America's, they call it America's original sin. I actually think it was coming here and taking the land from the Native Americans that was the original sin. We're the second original sin, but that's just my personal uh, opinion. So I'm going to refresh the page and see if there are any more calls. I see a few people that are out there. And I do think that this is an important topic. But, you know, we spent a lot of time on reparations. And I guess we're going to have to do a separate show on reparations because that seems to be the hot-button topic. People really didn't talk too much about a, a black agenda and really wasn't much shared on Black History Month. How do we benefit from Black History Month? Should we have a Black History Month? Uh, what do we take? What is our takeaway uh, now that Black History Month has come and gone until next year? Uh, that was one of our questions today on Our Own Voices Live. The other one was, like I said, the Black Agenda. Should there be one? And what should it be composed of? And can we get into some specifics? So, for example, if you say we need a better education, well, everyone in America wants, or most everyone wants, a good education for themselves and especially for their children. What is unique about it addressed towards black Americans that we want or that should be a part of that agenda? Social justice reform, why is it that if you, and this is changing, but if you smoke marijuana, which was more black people, you got a higher sentence than people who maybe did coke, which was predominantly considered a white drug. Those are inadequacies and imbalances. Maybe they were not done out of malice, but that does not mean that malice did not occur. And those, so those are things, and, and I think that we should address these things with our candidates and get them on the record as to how they feel about it. Uh, I like Bernie Sanders. 
But Bernie Sanders needs to be on the record of what he thinks about a black agenda, what he thinks about uh, reparations. So far, he hasn't been one to come out directly and say that he supports it. Well, I like him, but Bernie, I need you to address that. And I need the other candidates to address I need President Trump, if he is able and, and decides to run for reelection, I want him to address reparations. I want him to address a black agenda. I don't want him to make it for me, but I do want him to address it because we are citizens. I am a citizen. These people are supposed to represent all of us. Let's get represented. Okay, I got another caller. Stand by. Hey, Joseph, was that you wanting to get back in? Joe, did you want to get back into the conversation? Sometimes it takes people a little time to click over. Okay. If you do, just uh, give me a holler, send me a, a message, and I'll bring you back into the conversation. All right. Got one more. Good afternoon. Hello, you're you on Our Voices Live. I'm doing well. How are you? All right. Um, this is this is Brother Shaka. Um, we spoke before. Um, I just want to basically tell you that uh, – I, I, I'm enjoying the show so far. It's a, uh, some serious topics that you're uh, touching on, and I feel like uh, you most definitely have to do this again because it's like it can't be all, you know, spoke on in, in such a short time. Okay. I appreciate that input, and I'm thank, thank you for listening and calling in. So what do you think? Uh, what, did Black History Month make a difference in your life, and if so, how? Uh, yes, it does. Um, for me, it's more of a uh, a time to pay honor to those who came before us, you know, um, a, a time of uh, memorial. You know, I think that we forget about that side that, you know, uh, there's kids in our, you know, time that don't know of these people. And I think, you know, it needs to be updated as well to where we talk about, you know, uh, the most recent things that, our people have accomplished. You know, those are important because we don't want to always give the narrative of, you know, us, our people coming from uh, the, the uh, our ancestors being, you know, enslaved and us being descendants of that, you know, we don't always want to just highlight that because we were, we wasn't, they wasn't just slaves. They wasn't actually slaves. They were people that were enslaved who were farmers and, you know, all of the different things that they had uh, uh, going on before they was interrupted, you know, uh, in their land and brought over here and stuff like that. And then even in the times of, um, you know, uh, Jim Crow times and all those different things, the people who uh, invented things and all those, uh, and, and, and they were interrupted and their ideas were taken and all those different things that occurred. So, you know, it's always intriguing to hear something new about, you know, what your people accomplished and that we're not what they all portray us to be in propaganda and all the little different things. It gives you hope that you can be more than what the narrative has, you know, recently been saying that we are. So I, I think it's very mm. important, you know, um, it's very important. It's very uh, inspiring, you know, to uh, do more. Okay. All right. And to the black agenda, uh, should there be a black agenda? And if you had to list your top 10 things, what would they be? I, I most definitely think it should be a black a black agenda, you know. Um, and 
it's, it's, it's so many things we could touch on with what we need to deal with, you know, as far as, you know, uh, education mainly. You know, we need to be most most definitely educated and that there needs to be uh, things done, you know, to where uh, we can actually have some type of control over our own education for our own youth. You know, uh, we don't really have that. You know, uh, in certain areas you might, but it's very scarce, you know, um, and also uh, us being taught about economics and also having opportunity, more opportunity to get involved in, uh, you know, trade, you know, because we're, we're, we've, been, we've been disenfranchised to the point where we are far behind. And so a lot of the schooling that they offer, the education that they offer, it offers things that, you know, doesn't really get us where we need to be to catch up. So we need to be more focused on uh, gaining some type of trade, some type of skills in order to be able to, uh, to survive and sustain ourselves. And I think okay. funding for that All needs right. to be put put up. Okay. And, and then, of course, finally, we topped it out with reparations. And my understanding is you are a supporter that there should be a uh, reparations. Uh, what, and, and you may have touched a bit on it in the black agenda items, but what do you think reparations should be? Well, uh, first of all, um, and another brother pointed this out, you know, uh, first of all, I think that we need to be very wise on what we ask for when it comes to reparations, especially when it comes to the American dollar, because the American dollar is not uh, worth as much as uh, we've been, you know, taught it is. You know, there's nothing really backing it. And so we need to be uh, trying to stay in tune with what's becoming more valuable, you know, as far as, you know, if it's the Amerodollar, Amerodollar or whatever, um, those things we need, we need to be looking into. We need to be looking into uh, reparations possibly pay, paid in, with land, you know, um, because we have been disenfranchised to the, the, the point where we don't have our own land. You see what I'm saying? We don't have our own language. You know, uh, there's a lot of things that we, we never got a chance to have. And so what people forget, you know, is that this, the, the, slavery, the slavery that took place caused us not to receive rights of passage. Uh, uh, it caused us not to receive, you know, uh, inheritances. You see what I'm saying? And so our ancestors put all, they all, the blood, sweat, and tears into building this country. And so those who are still living off of it, they're benefited off of it, are passing the wealth down to their their uh, their offspring, to their descendants, and then also, you know, uh, keeping themselves in power by doing so over over us because now there's a new slavery. There's a financial slavery, you know, and also we got to remember, too, with the uh, 13th uh, Amendment or whatever, you know, how uh, through prison, it's, it's before the government had, you know, a lot of, no, I said before it was a private-owned uh, slavery institution going on. Then the government basically took it over through the prison system. Now prisons are being back privatized, so now it's going back, slavery is going actually back into the hands of wealthy citizens, and people are not even realizing what's happening. You know, um, so uh, th those are things that we have to look at. And then also another thing I want to touch on is about the slavery thing. Uh, people really simplify it, and they're not realizing that it's not only slavery that's an issue that, that, that uh, causes for reparations, but it's also uh, heinous uh, war crimes that have been committed upon people, atrocities where, you know, uh, babies were fed to crocodiles, 
Men were tied to horses and ripped in pieces. You know, women were raped. Men were raped. Children were raped. This is, this is actually the largest uh, uh, human sex trafficking uh, uh, situation that, 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 that if we really looked into it, that this, this country has ever known. And we talk about the ec- epidemic of it now, you know, but it, it was on a grander scale during the times of slavery. You know, um, so we got to understand that there's, there's crimes that have been committed that has not, no one has never paid any penalties for. So it's not just about the reparations or the slavery. Slavery is the simple part to it. But all the, 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 the horrific things that were done to our ancestors, and when we say ancestors, we got to connect ourselves and say, these was our family members. See, people don't think about that. You know, a lot of people that say we don't uh, need reparations, all these different things, they have detached themselves from the fact that these were family members, that you never got to hear stories passed down from them because they were taken out pre, uh, pre, pre, uh, ahead of their time. They were just, you know, taken out. Uh, and, and, and now look where we at now. We, as a people, are distraught. We don't have any unity, and it's all because of the fact that we're confused about who we are. What should we, 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 we be doing? All these arguments that we had, like the brother that was on earlier, the arguments that, that, that was taking place between, uh, you know, you and him, was, it's all because of the results of slavery. If, if we knew our, our history, we didn't even have to be arguing about certain things that we argue about who we are, whether we were here first or not, or, you know, uh, whether we are uh, descendants of, of certain people in Africa that were uh, kings and queens and, you know, uh, contributed to what we have going on now. You see what I'm saying? So uh, I, I really think that reparations is needful for, for, for those schools that we need, for, those, for the land that we need, you know, and not, and not just that, but also for the mental uh, issues, the mental health issues that our people have gotten because we are uh, suffering from some, some trauma right now to this day. And people are, are taking it lightly. They talk, they, they talk about our behavior, you know, and, but they're not looking at the trauma that we have co- that, that has been caused. When you have violence uh, constantly put upon you, what do you think that you're going to uh, reproduce? You know, this is what, what's been put into you. The beating, the, the, uh, watching your, your, your relatives be hung right before your eyes. And it's still, these things are still going on to this day and time. And everybody's turning a the, the, uh, blind eye. It's just like in the times of the uh, when the Jews were going through the Holocaust. There were it was all types of propaganda that desensitized the people, you know. And that's why a lot of people can't see and fathom the idea of us receiving reparations because there's been a picture painted about us through uh, propaganda, through media, to where people have become desensitized to our condition. The fact that we don't have our own language, and they wonder why we struggle to speak this language because. Subconsciously, we're we rebelling to speak the language because it's not ours. We don't want to speak it, you know. And it, it is so much uh, perversion in that language, you know, that, that, that distorts our understanding and our love for each other. So I really believe that the reparations is most definitely needed. It's most definitely definitely needed because our ancestors need to be vindicated. They have not been vindicated. There has no penalties been paid, and, and we can't go back and trace some of those people because a lot of them are dead. But what we can do is get the wealth that they uh that they use uh, to, to build their empires and, and, and make sure that their family is secure because it took money for them to uh, start America. And that's why they enslaved people the way they did. And so in order for us 
to have our own and start our own, we need finances for that. Right on, brother. Well, we ran a little bit long, but I wanted you to get all of that out. And it makes us wonder how much pent-up anger, rage, and just pent-up emotion do others have from going through this world as descendants of slaves or, for that matter, living through and being descendants of those who've lived through? How did it affect our mental health? How did it affect our physical health? We already know that it's impacted our financial and economic health. So these are things that should I hope people will take into consideration as we have these topics. And I would submit to everyone listening that this is the time and this is the year to have these conversations. For those who are Democrats, especially for those who are African-American Democrats, in the state of Nevada today, the governor's is the governor is a Democrat. Both houses of the legislature are run by Democrats. The Democrats run the largest political bodies in the state of Nevada, from the governor all the way down to the city uh, council, county commissioners, school board trustees, from the rooter to the tutor. Democrats run it. And supposedly they are the party of record. I am a nonpartisan, and I believe I will stay a nonpartisan. But for those who support Democrats, especially for the black people out there, for the liberals out there, but not even the liberals, because just because you're liberal doesn't mean that you cannot be a racist. But for those people out there, especially of African those African Americans out there, I encourage you to pose these questions to your elected officials, even if they are on the school board or the city council, and find out where they stand. Because our system of government is supposed to be run by the people, and your vote is supposed to be your weapon of choice in association with your mind and your rhetoric. Well, let's use our minds, let's use our rhetoric, and let's pose this question to those who are vying for the privilege to represent us, and let's ask them, what is their stance on reparations? Let's ask them, what is their black agenda? And let's hold their feet to the fire, so to speak, that they have one. I guarantee you that most that you ask, including many that look like you, will not have a black agenda. Many of them may not even support reparations, but they are allowed to do that every time we vote them back into office without putting our demands of what it is that we want, what it is that we need on them. Let us start there. We don't have to go to war with anybody when it comes to shooting, when it comes to pugilism, because simply going to vote and demanding our agenda. Do you know that there's not a Democrat that can win in this state without the support of the black vote? That is our power, and it's free, and it's, it's something that we already have. Let's look and see how we can exercise that power. Well, brother, thank you so much for listening to our show today. Our topic was, do we need a Black History Month? We talked about Black History Month. Uh, how does it benefit us? Did we gain anything more 
now that Black History Month is over, are we better off on this side of it than we were when it started? I asked a question about the black agenda. Do we have one? Should we have one? And what should it be composed of? And that's going to be an ongoing discussion. I would ask you all to go to Our Own Voices Live onto this event and leave your comments about this. And then finally, we, which tend, turned out to be the biggest discussion, was reparation. It is an emotional topic. And doesn't make any difference whether you're white or black or Latino or Hispanic or neighbor. People have some thoughts on it. Well, let's let's air those thoughts. Let's put it out into the public domain. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it based on facts. And we can be emotional about it and be passionate about it, but let's keep the facts there. And let's talk about it as we talk about other things. And let's not demean people because they even broach the topic. It's, it's something that's important, and we'll continue these discussions. Once again, my name is Rodney Smith. You've been listening to Our Own Voices Live. We will be back next Saturday, hopefully around 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast, which is 3.30 p.m. on the East Coast. And you can go to Our Own Voices Live on Facebook, Our Own Voices on Twitter. Let me know what you thought about today's show, the topics, uh, the commentary. Throw in your suggestions, your comments, and you can also share what type of shows do you want us to cover in the future. Once again, my name is Rodney Smith. You've been listening to Our Own Voices Live. And until next week, look at the next person, regardless of color, nationality, political affiliation, and remember that they too are your brother or your sister. They are human. Thank you, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.